Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Sport of Kings podcast. On this pod, we discuss the late pick five at Gulfstream on Saturday, December 31st, 2022. This is show number 206, December 30th, 2022. I'm Scott Carson, founder of Sport of Kings, and I'm joined by my co-host, Hall of Fame handicapper, Chris Larmy. Chris, do you have any New Year's resolutions? My only New Year's resolution is not to make any New Year's resolutions. But Happy New Year's to you, Scott, and I hope you have a great 2023. Why, thank you. <laughs> I hope I have a great 2023, and uh, as do you, uh, uh, as you, as I hope you will. And I hope that one of us or somebody we know can connect at the NHC in March. Yeah, and that that would be really nice. Um, for whoever wins that, we'll take home a nice paycheck, which is, and win or lose, though, we'll have fun while we're out there. And you're qualified now. Um, I'm qualified, so we'll definitely be meeting up in Vegas in what, in early March, I think this year. Yeah, I guess it's um, one, two, three. Is it three full months? No, it's January, February. A little less than three months until the NHC. Yeah, looking forward to it. The Sport of Kings pod is brought to you by Horse Racing Nation and its first-timer power ratings report, which ranks every debut runner in North America provides an edge because the top-ranked horses outperform both their off-odds and their morning line. Get the first-timer power ratings report at picks.horseracingnation.com. Support the Sport of Kings podcast by contributing to our Patreon page. Go to patreon.com slash sportofkings and donate as little as $3 per month. That's patreon.com slash sportofkings. Thank you for your support. And we have a special returning guest. He's a professional horse player who has qualified to the NHC 15 times. He's a member of the NHC Players Committee. He's Ross Gallo. Ross, welcome back to the show. Well, thanks for having me. It's been a long time. I must have broke something last time I was in the window or something. So, <laughs> hopefully, not relationships. Anyway. I I actually have I actually have a list of every pod. Uh, you know, I, I I I have a piece of paper and I circle all the winners. And one of these days, I'm going to go back and see who picked winners because I I never remember. But um, uh, but you know, Ross has been on several times, and he was on our famous lost pod when we had the winner of every single race. Um, but it never went out. <laughs> That's true. The only time it ever happened, the winner of every race with one pick. Triple barreled picks. No less. Yeah, I remember that. That's when I broke the machine. That was my first time on it. <laughs> yes. 
And 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 the and the funny thing is, it was the best pod we ever did. <laughs> I was just gonna say, all kidding aside, that was we we just laughed the whole time. That was great. That was a great time. That was that was really too bad you could never find that. that was awesome. <laughs> well, maybe maybe it'll it'll turn up again sometime in the next few years. Or maybe lightning will strike again today. There we go. I like well, that. I, I, I have a backup, but um, uh, <laughs> so we're not going to lose the pod this time for sure. Excellent. Okay, so Ross, um, you know, I, I know we played a few weeks ago at Gulfstream, and that was really fun. Um, and I didn't ask you then, but I'm going to ask you now: What should we know about Gulfstream and the the three? racetracks that they have the three different services that they have right now well i can tell you that uh, i don't really play much of the uh, synthetic track uh, it's just not, not i just find it chaotic and i can't i've never really been able to find an angle to play it so i don't really play that so anybody out there playing the, the tapita uh i wish you luck so as far as the main track you know it's pretty fair it's usually fair i think that the turf course is you got to be a little closer. Um, I, I watched the first race today that they came from a little bit out of it, but generally speaking, you got to be, you know, in position. That's what I've seen so far. Okay. Uh, Chris, you got any questions for Ross? Well, just one thing on the, the Tapita, even if you're like Ross and you don't like betting the races that are on the Tapita, you can still um, make some money, especially this time of the year where they've we're pretty much only on on synthetic over the summer at Gulfstream, and now they've opened up the turf course. So you've got uh, quite a few horses that have been running locally that have not been on the turf for a while. They were sort of forced to run on the, on Tapita or, or nothing. And you might be able to catch some of those at a price who, you know, just didn't take to synthetic, and now they get back on the turf. So look for some horses that maybe showed good form on turf. They have a muddied up form because of a few bad efforts on the synth and then they get back on the turf that's a really good angle to play right about now you won't get it so much in the better races but in the cheaper races um you can find some horses like that so that that's just one suggestion i would make where you can sort of turn lemons into lemonade even if you don't like the tapita you can still make some money on it on a turf race yeah. i think that's a tremendous point very 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 good point really they, they, so a lot of horses have been forced around the tap and then they, they come back to the turf and you can find some hidden form and it does get muddied. Excellent. Yep. I agree. And notable that there, there are no, it's not really notable, but um, there are no synthetic races in the pick five that we're doing today, but there probably are, are a couple of synthetic races on the card. We'll do the late pick five at Gulfstream, starting with the seventh race. It's the Suwannee River Stakes, grade three, mile on turf, first of 125,000 for Phillies, Mares, three-year-olds and up. Ross, as our guest, please let us. This uh, was, um, I found this to be the hardest race for me personally. I just was having, I'm having a hard time finding someone I think is going to win. I can't find anyone I think is going to cross the wire first. I mean, the one is uh, got Saez, and he's probably gonna have to gun. But there's other speed in the race. I'm not sure what kind of a trip he's gonna get. The three is never run a route. I hate horses doing something for the first time, and he's got speed, so he's gonna be in the mix. I was trying to find someone off the pace. I don't really trust many. Kiko gets better every race, but it's a little cheap on the rise. 
may have a chance, but you know, the horse has run three times since last January. That's not very much. So I, I ended up on a somewhat chalky 10, a lady rock star. Um, and the last race was really flat and lousy and the horse is losing Lasix and gets better every race. But, but that being said, throwing it back only to a mile. And I think that, uh, that will help the kick. Uh, the work pattern seems okay. After the miserable performance last time, I thought a nine to five at Monmouth, um, Walsh took the horse off the track, brought it down here. It's been in Palmetto's for who knows how long, since at least November. Good little work tab. I don't know. I think the horse will be coming out of it, even though I said earlier that you need to be closer. I don't know. There's a lot of speed in this race. So that's a lukewarm at best on our backing of Lady Rockstar. That's what I got. All right, Brennan Walsh with Irad Ortiz. Brennan Walsh has one second out of three starters so far this meet. Chris, what are you thinking? Well, I agree with Ross that uh, the one and the three are good horses. It does seem like they may push each other on the front end. Um, you know, if one of those two uh, kind of seeds the lead to the other, then it could be really tough to beat. Probably of the two, I, I think Scottish Star is more dangerous because, like Ross said, Baystorm hasn't been two turns yet. Um, but I do think that they might be vulnerable if they do hook up. And I, I like a horse quite a bit in here, the seven-horse stolen holiday. This is the kind of horse I, I like to play a lot. Um, second off the layoff, it's comeback effort. I thought was good. It wasn't super, but right off the bench you don't necessarily expect them to run their best especially a sugar horse so second off the layoff the horse should could sit a really sweet trip behind the the, the two um early leaders um alvarado's a pretty good turf rider he's pretty patient um you know this horse has run well in florida before so seems like it should be primed for a really good effort here second off the layoff um so the number seven stolen holiday, it's nine to two on the morning line, but I think it's going to float up above that. I expect to get at least six to one. Um, and I think that's good value. So I'm going to go with the seven stolen holiday. Ooh, stolen holiday. <clears throat> the horse that I originally landed on and then got off of, but, um, but I do have as an include, <clears throat> um, I ended up landing on phantom vision the horses run some figures that are close to the best of the favorites working really well. And last race shows, um, has hidden form because she was wide the whole way. So, um, I, I really like her chances. And, um, besides stolen holiday, I'm also going to use touch of class because she's right there on figures when, uh, uh she's right there on her, her best figures. If you toss out her last dirt race, she looks good, and she's run well at the distance, the distance before. So uh, those will be my three uses in this race. Ross, anything else you want to add? Um, no, it's just uh, like with Phantom Vision and the eight and the nine. I just I'm trying to see how the what kind of trip they're going to get to that they can win. They're going to sit off to the one of the three and then punch. Um, I don't know. Like I said, I had a hard time seeing who's going to cross the line first there. I even looked at the four a little bit off the two sprints. This horse ran ran in this race last year um, and ran kind of an even fourth, but was coming forward a little bit. I don't know. I have no confidence in this race. I like the uh, 
<laughs> I like the um, the points that Chris made on the seven. So I give that one a little longer look. Oh, well, I, that one might be able to punch a little bit at a mile, but I don't know. Who's coming home here? That's what I want to know. That's why I ended on the um, ten. Yeah, the ten probably is the best closer, and he's got Irad. But I, I think you know, given the connections, you he might get she might get bet, but she oh, certainly sure. will be finishing. She'll she'll be finishing. And no Lasix too. Um, no Lasix. Yeah. Like that. Um, At least your horse is proven without Lasix. So. Yeah, and she's well, not really a second though. Good, yeah. Good. Mm-hmm. And she's been running against good horses too. The seven. Um. The eight, I, I kind of like some, but I just looked at all the route races, and the horse never has, you know, what Ross is talking about finishing kick. That horse never finishes in route races. I think it's definitely a sprinter. It didn't run too badly in its last, but um, even in that race, you know, it what it kind of spit the bit late. So I just couldn't go with that one around two turns, especially with an expected fast pace. Um, but I will definitely be interested in that horse cutting back, assuming that's what they do if it doesn't run well in here. The other one I do kind of like is the Price Horse. There's two of them that I liked other than Stolen, you know, Stolen Holly is my play, but on on a kind of underneath price, the Keeper of Time, the one that Ross mentioned, that horse has, he, he kind of did the same thing last year, went from a sprint in, in, in New York and then came down and ran in this race and didn't run too bad. I don't know if it's good enough to win, but I think it's probably going to run a decent race. The other horse I like um, probably a little more is the two Diamond Wow, who I think has always been a good horse. I'm not sure what physical problems have been, but they're they're having they've had a really hard time just getting this horse to the races since it it ran at, its big race at Keeneland last year as a two year old. Um, you know, it hasn't really run poorly. It's only other turf race since then was pretty good. And now they're trying again after another long layoff, but it's been training pretty well. It had a pretty sharp recent work. And it gets Rosario. So, you know, uh, you know, the agent must think, they must have convinced him that this horse might do some running. And I, it's the kind of horse that could pop a huge race, given its two-year-old form. There's a lot of talent there. It's just the, the, the physical problems have been obviously an issue. But I mean, it's by looking at Lucky that those horses tend to get better with age. I mean, I just think this horse is going to run well. I don't know if it'll be in here, um, but I'm going to use it. And uh, who knows if it you know, needed a, needs a race and they actually get back to the races without another layoff in between. I'll be all over this horse you know, next time out. So... The two diamond wow is could be, you know, 20 to one on the morning line. It could be much higher than that. Um, it's the kind that that could blow up the pick five or at least really juice up exotics, you know, like the exactas and tries. Okay, well, yeah, I think that horse would have to run back to the form of uh, the race you were talking about at Keeneland. Since then, I haven't really seen a race that I'm not sure what kind of a trip the horse would do, would have to get to, to win. But yeah, I, I, the horse has talent. I, like you said, though, there's definitely physical problems. So that is a concern. One, one question I have for you on Stolen Holiday, Chris. I originally liked the horse, and I ended out getting off her, uh, at least as my top selection, <clears throat> um, just because three of her four wins were, were run 
uh, were done with an easy lead, which she won't get today. Now she she does have a win where she came up from off the pace, so you know, and but that's a six furlongs. Um, uh, any you know concerns related to that for you? Um, you know, I won't say there's zero concern, but those races, you know, she has positional speed, so if the, they're going slow early, the fact that she goes to the lead and can draw off late, you know, like that doesn't bother me. And she has run well from off the pace, even the, at Gulfstream, uh, the last time she ran there, she ran a nice second to Crystal Cliffs, who's a nice horse. She didn't win the race, but she still ran second and, you know, you know, set settled and then passed horses in the stretch just was second best. So, I don't. I think she could get a really good trip in here, sitting behind the one and the three, you know. And so that's kind of what I'm counting on. But you know, yeah, it would be nice if uh, uh, she had a recent win from off the pace. But she has one from off the pace going shorter, and she has passed horses in a stakes race at Gulfstream and run second. So I'm not. That doesn't bother me too much, but you know, certainly it would be nice if there were some other races you could point to on her PPs. That would be even more encouraging. Yeah, it's a tough race, and and I like Ross's horse also, Lady Rockstar. Um, it's it, it's almost almost any of them could win it. <laughs> so <laughs> it's uh it's definitely uh could be a pricey start to the pick five. Let's go to the eighth race. It's the Mr. Prospector Stakes, grade three, seven furlongs on dirt, first of 125,000 for three-year-olds and up. Chris, your turn to get us started. Yeah, another. Uh, this is a lot like last week. I mean, one tough race after another. This one seems to be very competitive and interesting. It does seem like there is an, a lot of speed, even for a, a you know, dirt sprint. And going seven furlongs, with a lot of speed, that can be tough on the front end. Uh, there are some pretty good horses with this that have that speed. You know, maybe one of them's going to be the best of speed. Maybe one can settle a bit and finish. But I, I decided to go for a horse. I think will be coming from not from way out of it, but from with a stocking trip. And that's the seven prevalence. Um, this horse again is one of these horses that's always shown talent um from its debut on and it had a nice prep um last out at keeneland i thought that was it you know it wasn't a great race but he probably needed that race now he goes you know second off a layoff um steps into a stakes race uh he could get a great trip you know stocking two or three lengths off a fast pace and his best races definitely can win. He's nine to two on the morning line, but he's another one I think is going to go off higher than nine to two in here in this big field. Uh, again, I think maybe five or six to one is more likely. So um, I think he's playable at that price. So in a pretty wide open race, I'm going to go with seven, kind of lean on him in the pick five. I'm hoping he gets the trip. Um, but there's quite a few other ways you could go in this race. So I'd be interested to hear what Ross and Scott have to say. All right, Ross, what are you thinking in this race? Well, 
I will say this about prevalence. I have to disagree on one. I don't think that horse is going up six to one. I think this is a horse that I know a bunch of guys follow and like the horses showed, you know, outstanding ability early and people have always gravitated towards them. the horse is one of the most inconsistent horses I've ever seen. I think in my life, four wins, nine starts and those places of shows. So you pretty much don't really have to play anything, but on top of your playing this horse. So I, I, I personally don't think the price is going to be much more than three or four to one tops. Um, I, I think like Chris said, I, I think there's a bunch of burners in here and I'm, this is like my best long shot play of the day. I'm going with a horse that, it's going to be miles out of it. And um, that's the five horse, Steel Sunshine. I know it's a three-year-old against older, but I got onto this horse. I think we might have talked about it one time on the show, but maybe not. Anyways, I got onto this horse in the Florida Derby. It was way out of it and, and did this monstrous gallop out past everybody that was so impressive to me. And I've been following him pretty much ever since. He ran seven furlongs here in July. They burned that day, 21-43. I think you're going to get a similar setup again today. This horse was out of the picture dead last and blew right by them uh, in a canter. And, you know, maybe these are a little better than that. Um, that was a little stakes. This is a great three. That was the carry back. You know, the numbers are not that great. Uh, it's been off for a while. But I, I also love the work pattern. Came back with a really kind of a slow work in November. Then the next one was a little bit better, a little bit faster, four furlongs. Then another decent one. And then a... Uh, a breeze from the gate, two breezes from the gate, and then like a burnout last time. I don't know. I think this horse is going to be picking them up and laying them down. I probably probably will be out of the picture and then stay there, and then I'll be uh, burning my money. But that's who I'm going to go with. Steel Sunshine, fifteen to one. Reyes is on him all the time. I like that horse. Woohoo! All right, uh, you you guys both selected horses that I'm including: Steel Sunshine and Prevalence. Uh, I ended up picking a different horse on top, and that horse is Seal Beach. Has always been fast. Just came off of a smashing victory at the distance. Um, would t- seem to be more of a closer, but was pretty close in that last race. Um, the wide post could be some concern, but you know he, he did do that in his last race, and he might be able to get good position again. He is a bold upgrade on RacingFlow.com, so, um, so, so I'm 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 with you guys, but I also have Seal Beach on top. So that was my second choice, Scott Seal Beach, and I like that selection very much. Sweet, sweet. Yeah, I I like Steel Sunshine as well. Um, for all the things you said, if the race really heats up. Now, that horse will be rolling late, and I do like the fact they've actually given him two gate drills recently, which tells me they're really trying to sharpen his speed a little bit, so maybe he won't be quite so far back. Um, you know, they really have targeted him, and, and he's had some time off, so they really have targeted him, uh, it seemed like, you know, to sprint. This isn't like a prep for a route. It does seem like they're really... You know, he hadn't had a gate drill for like 10 months. So I kind of like the way they pre- prepared him for this race. So he might get the setup. And so I'm kind of with you there, um, Ross, on that horse. The other kind of long shot I like in here is the nine horse Dean Delivers, who he'll be a little closer to the pace, but he doesn't have to be on the lead and if he gets a patient ride 
he's another one that could end up kind of tripping out. Um, if he goes with the leaders, he probably has no shot, but I'm just kind of thinking they might might take uh, an all patient route with him. And he's just ultra consistent, never runs a bad race. His best races fit. He kind of, his last two, he's had excuses. Two back, he, they tried routing him. And I think, you know, he's really a sprinter. So the cutting back to a route makes sense. His last was a route, but he got off to a bad start and they rushed him up and he was caught wide. So, you know, that wasn't the greatest of trips either. So, but he didn't run poorly in either one either. It's not like he, he chucked it or anything. So, you know, he might, this might be the right distance if he breaks alertly and they don't try to send him. Uh, with the you know the the leaders he he could trip out and he'll be a big price so he's the other long shot along with um Ross's horse Steel Sunshine that I I like in here along with Prevalence yeah Dean delivers um, I noted that the horse that beat him which is in this race no K no uh, got a dream trip on the rail dream opening and uh scooted up on the inside saved ground so so dean delivers race was pretty a little bit more impressive than it looks okay let's move cool. to the ninth it's the fort lauderdale stakes grade two mile and eighth on turf first of two hundred thousand for three-year-olds and up ross your turn to get us started Okay. Um, well, obviously, Colonel Liam is coming back from the March May, May Dawn race. And on his best, would win, I'm pretty sure. But are you going to take a short price for a horse that's kind of tuning up for his third, trying to win his third straight uh, Pegasus uh, turf race? I don't know. I'm not going to take a short price on that, but what fun is that? So I'm going to uh, go for a price here again, actually. Um, I'm going to go with the three horse, Pau Alto, the French mare, um, French bred mare. Oh no, French bred gelding. Sorry. Don't mind me. Uh, this horse has caught like glacial paces the last three races. And it looks to be a little bit of speed in this race as well. So I thought maybe <clears throat> might be able to secure a spot in like mid, mid pack, something like that. Mid pack to a stocking position. And last time, uh, well, two times ago, King Cause was waltzing on the front end in like uh, 50 to the half and uh, won that race kind of easy. The source had a wide trip all the way around the track to beat four lengths. Last time out, Shadow Sphinx uh, got a, this horse again had a wide trip and Shadow Sphinx got, came up the rail and nabbed, nabbed him for second. But I think that uh, with the speed, I don't know, I think this horse could, could sit a trip and, uh, and maybe punch today. So it's it's a it's a lukewarm um, endorsement, but I think the source has a decent chance of twelve to one morning line, and I think that'll probably go up. So I'm going to go with the three Powell Alto. Powell Alto uh, chased uh, speed horses with speed. Um, CFRs of two and four in the last race, so is a an upgrade on racing flow. Chris, what are you thinking? Well, Ross and I are on the same page in this race. Uh, Colonel Liam, like you said, this is a prep. Um, he also draws the extreme outside post. And I I watched his workouts, and he's getting outworked. And he's he's working with dirt horses. So, but 
I mean, so I, 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 a little bit of a grain of salt, but I mean, it's not like he's working lights out, put it that way. So, um, you know, with the layoff, the fact it's a prep that he's not tearing it up in the mornings and he has the bad post and he's going to be even money. I think he, you want to try to beat him. So I'm agree totally with Ross on that. And I like Powell Alto. Um, all three of his U.S. races were better than they look. Uh, the last was on yielding. If you even look at his Euro form, he, he prefers the firmer going. Um, so I think he might like it at Gulfstream. He gets a good post. And I think he's as good as anybody other than Colonel Liam. And like I said, Colonel Liam uh, has question marks. So, uh, and I agree, he could be a, a, a go up above, off higher than that 12 to one. So I'm on the three as well in here. A couple others I kind of like too, but um, that would be my play. So Ross and I are on the, on the same gelding, um, Pal Alto. Yes. All right. Well, let's 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 knock those odds down because it's a triple barreled pick. Oh, I'm man. also on Pau Alto. Uh, has a good post, closing kick in a hot paced race. Twelve to one seems fair. The trainer jockey combo hits a twenty percent. You know, you don't hear about this jockey very much, Ruiz, but uh, he hits a twenty percent with uh, with his trainer. And um, maybe that helps the price a little bit. So I'm I'm on Palo Alto. Uh, I also have respect and you know some concern about City Man, who carries a lot of weight but loves to win, and has the right off the pace running style for this. And I also think Kentucky Ghost has some shot because his numbers are pretty competitive, and he just he he comes in at a price uh, every once in a while. Yeah, Kentucky Ghost is. I've always thought he was a step below this kind of caliber of horse. Um, and the last race was a trail job. Although the last time he did that, he won the next time up. <laughs> He's got the right running style, though. I would have to agree with that. But three, all three of us on Palo Alto. That's a lot of weight. You know, plus, we've plus hit we've hit pounds. triple barreled picks before, including a fourteen to one 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 time. So. So it, 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 it can be done, and it, it does not necessarily mean that the horse has no shot. <laughs> no, absolutely not. I'm just saying. So in the, in the racing form, you know, the, uh, the announcer should note plus 150 weight on the 30. I mean, <laughs> plus 500. So 500 extra pounds taken with him. So. Yeah, I am. Um... I think Kentucky Ghost, I, he, that race, he shipped out to California for that race. I didn't like him on the ship. And I like no, him. No, I didn't like him. Typically. I do too. Um, you know, when hard, on, hard, we covered, hard. Yeah. We covered that on the pod. And I, I mean, I think Scott might even picked him because I was saying, I sure hope he doesn't win because I'm not going to play him. And, and it's a horse I like. Um, but I just didn't like him on the ship. That trainer shipping west, I thought was really suspect. Um, I'm not sure how he'll run in Florida, but, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if he runs a lot better than he did in California. So I think he's worth throwing in because he'll be a price. The other one I like. Yeah, I, see a, price yeah, I is, see a piece of the action, actually, is more than like a win. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. I agree. Um, the other one I kind of like uh, as a possible win candidate is the eight horse win from within. You guys have both mentioned the hot pace. Well, the only reason it's listed as hot is because of this horse. Um, this horse just has one way of going, and that's, you know, go out fast early. And 
it's a kind that tends to and you know other other riders aren't going to want to go with it so you know it it might shake loose and you know running on the lead at gulf streams tends to be a lot easier than running on the lead at like belmont or keeneland mm -hmm. so i you know the fact that maybe he wasn't able to hold hold off people you know horses at keeneland in his last is he might be able to run that same race in here and win especially if they're all afraid to go with him which i think could very well be the case so he's the kind that you know could could win it um wire to wire so he, it's the kind i think you want to include because it'll be a big price in your pick five you know it's a kind that could upset it um i i would that's how I'd use him because probably if he doesn't win, he's going to probably finish off the board. You know, if somebody goes with him or something or he gets tired late, he's probably not going to even hit the board. But if he, you know, if he takes the Gulfstream and he gets, you know, to set his own pace, he could be really dangerous. Those horses are always dangerous. So I think he's going to, um, he's going to clear and um, maybe could win. From within. Well, so it's another great point you're making because of uh, clearing a Gulfstream and clearing a Keeneland are two different animals altogether, like you pointed out. It's much, much, much more difficult to go wire to wire on Keeneland, of course, than Gulfstream. It's interesting that he's been caught twice by Kentucky Ghost. I saw that. And the trainer is one for one at the meet. Just another nugget for anybody who's interested in win from within. Uh, I, I, I'd say I'd say based on all information available, um, he's probably going to include, especially at fifteen to one. All right, let's move to the tenth. It's the Harlan's Holiday, a Grade Three, mile sixteenth on dirt, purse of one hundred fifty thousand for three rolls and up. Chris, your turn. Yeah, I love a horse in here. Um, unfortunately, it's a favor on the morning line, although I think he's going to go off higher than that morning line with all these because people love to bet three year olds that were on the Triple Crown Trail. So I think you know, that like horse like Skippy Long Stocking is not going to be four to one. I'd be shocked or simplification five to one. So I'm counting on a little better than eight to five on O'Connor. Probably not a lot better, but maybe two to one or five to two, but I'm going to lean on him in the pick five. Uh, he's from South America. I'm always kind of a sucker for these horses. Um, his U.S. debut was sensational. I mean, he just inhaled, you know, a weaker bunch, but they were going fast up front, and he just took them on really early. It wasn't like he waited till midway through the turn. He made a move heading into the first turn and just blew by him and drew off. Um, so he's clearly taken to the U.S. racing. Um, and it's not, not like he hasn't done that before. I watched a couple of his great group one races in Chile, his last two, and the one two back, you know, it's one of these races that has a zillion horses in it. And um, he put on the same kind of move where he just inhaled the field and drew off. And what was most impressive about the race was the gallop up. The, the horse, the rider could not pull his horse up. He had just gone a mile and a quarter. He could not pull him up. It, it, he had to like stand up on the iron and pull as hard as he could to get the horse to slow down. Um, he got beat the next race. It was going a mile and three eighths, but it was a really weird race. A horse like went out 
to the lead by like 20 links in a dirt race, which you just don't see. I don't know if it was a rabbit or just a crazy ride, but the horse eventually got tired. Um, and the horse that beat O'Connor kind of got the jump on him. And O'Connor made a good move and he closed well, but he just couldn't quite get by that horse. The horse kind of hurt him a little bit. I think it cost him a little momentum. He probably still wasn't going to win, but it was still a really good effort. So that's three really big races in a row. And his last race was, you know, off the layoff. And he's been training lights out since then. He worked 46 and change. Um, I think he could be a really interesting player in this race and going forward. Um, he might be the kind that's talented enough to, you know, take down some bigger prizes going forward. And I, I think he definitely could win this race. And he's the way I'm going to go. So that was a lot to say about a horse that's a favorite. But like I said, I don't think he's going to be as heavy a favorite as it, it shows on the morning line. And he's just an interesting horse, um, you know, making only a second U.S. start and, you know, starting his career in Chile. He is 10 for 16 lifetime on fast dirt. Ross, are you on the O'Connor train? Well, you know, somewhat. I, I'm, I'm going to echo some of the things that uh, Chris just said. First of all, the move last time was I put down a Razi move. If anyone remembers a Razi, which they do because you hear it all the time, an Arazi like move. That's what I. That's what reminded me of because, like Chris said, it was early, it was really early, and they were going pretty fast. And he ran by them like they were tied to a post. It was really impressive. Now that being said, Octane. I know he came back in one of those stakes, and Solo Volante is like he's just a come from out of it plotter. So that the competition really was not much. But that, that being said, the horse was geared down. Didn't even really work much at all. It just he ran for a quarter of a mile the whole race. He settled in. They went fast. The guy tapped him, ran right by him, and then just coasted home. So yeah, he could be anything. I'm, you know, he loses the Lasix, which is a little bit of a negative, and he's getting a little bit better competition for sure. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm probably yeah. If someone puts a gun to my head, he's my top pick. But I'm thinking. Um, and, you know, he, uh, as Chris mentioned, the, they do tend to bet three-year-olds are on the uh, Derby trail. But I'm going to be – I'm kind of against Pippi Longstocking here, Skippy Longstocking. First of all, he's going to get overbet, going to be bet the most of the three-year-olds by far, I think. Gets Irad. He's got some – you know, he's got some pretty good races. I just remember one of my favorite horses, more like a plotter. I, I'm, I'm kind of thinking the two or the four. I, the, at one time, Simplification, I thought was a speed horse when he first started on the Derby trail. The horse won uh, a six furlong race and then a one turn mile, the Mutra Matra Man last year, a wire wire fashion. And then got left, if you guys remember, in the Holy Bull and ran a big race there and then came back and won the Fountain Youth. And then kind of lost the speed. Well, this race, this race has no speed, none, zero. I can see no speed. So I'm thinking like the two or the four, one of them has got to take the initiative and go to the lead, doesn't, don't they? It seems inconceivable to me that anyone else could lead this race of the two or the four. So I think one with two, four, two, four with one, that's. Or two four, two speed number. If the one happens to you know, uh, not take to the track or the no, uh, I mean to the no six or, or the, the competition. But he's Grade One winner down there in Chile. So one with two four. I think that's uh, that's the way to play. That's what I like. Okay. Um, <clears throat> well, I tried to get creative, but I could not. I went with O'Connor. He's run faster than these. 
He's 10 for 16 on fast dirt. Had a great workout since his last race. I didn't even watch the last race. Now I'm interested in seeing it. Um, oh, you got to go. You got to watch that. You got to watch it. Yeah, I mean, I I think there's a good chance that he's actually going to be eight to five, just because you know the way you guys are talking about him. Um, anybody who sees that race is gonna is is gonna want to bet him. But um, uh, you know that the, he he's the one that. Uh, he's the one that I landed on. I, I think simplification certainly has a shot, but he hasn't really moved forward all year and uh, he'll probably be a low price. So um, I'm leaning on O'Connor in this, uh, in this particular spot, this, this, this leg of the pick five. Well, I'll point out one thing too. Simplification is run at six. Uh, this will be a six different track as well as Pioneer of um, Medina, both six different tracks. There's six different track in six races, but simplification is like a, a, a horse for course over here. The horse has not done much running away, but he's back to Gulfstream. He seems to be happy off the work pattern too. So, um, you know, he probably will be over a bet. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't see anything too long running in this race anyway. So, but you know, I'm, I'm, I just want to see O'Connor run, truthfully. Yeah, he's the interesting one. And just like you, I, I like the way you said it, Ross, you know, who knows what his ceiling is. Now, he could be, he, he could en- end up being a fraud, you know, we'll find out. But ba- based on the three races I've seen him run, I think he could be a real talent. So it, it, we'll get a, you know, we'll get to see that, hopefully see one way or the other. But um, he could, you know, if he repeats what he what I've seen him run his last few, he could toy with this field late. We'll see. Um, it'll be interesting. Yeah. Well, I mentioned the competition last time wasn't that great, but you know, he beat it. If you're gonna beat lesser competition, you got to beat it the right way, right? And he did it the right way. You can only beat who's in front of him. You know, he didn't play like the Cowboys against the Titans last night. Life and death. Yeah, in the fourth and- quarter. <laughs> But, you know, the, the murky pace situation is a good point. I'm not so convinced it'll be the two or the four. I think the three could go. It could just depends on what the riders want to do. I think the three could go. Um, and I think even Skippy Longstocking, um, could, they could send him knowing that they've got, you know, he comes from O'Connor Stable. You know, maybe they want to make sure uh, they know there's not much pace. I read decides I'm going to take it to the front. And if they let me go, I win. If not, I, I soften them up for the, the stable mate. So I, you know, I'm not sure who's going to go to the lead that, that I, I wouldn't make a bet on any of them in there. That, that, that I feel pretty strong. It's a two of the four. I don't, I don't think the seven, I don't think the seven has my own 16 speed. That's just the way I feel about it. But you know, I could be wrong. I've been wrong before once or twice. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it did go wire to wire when it broke its maiden at Gulfstream, you know, going a mile. So, and it was, you know, at that time, sort of like simplification, you know, a lot of ones and twos and early calls. Um, and then when they stretched it out, you know, they tried to rehash that speed. But the horse is almost never farther back than, you know, second or third um, in races that aren't triple crown races, even, even that, you know, so I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't be shocked at all to see the seven go. I, I don't know and it is like, who's going to get yeah, it. Yeah. And it's Irad too. So he's usually doing the right thing. So you're probably right. Yeah. And I think it's not so much which horse is quicker. It's which rider wants it the most. Right. Um, Cause 
I think all of them could go fast if they want them to early. It's just who yeah, really you're right. wants the lead. Not totally. And you know, Louis if, might go on the two. Louis likes to send as well. Right. So. Right. So I'd say if I was going to have to pick one, I would say it would be the two just because of the rider. Because Junior Alvarado typically is not aggressive, and Louis Saez is. Um, but again, I wouldn't be shocked if the three or the seven got sent too. So we'll see. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what happens early. And then, you know, if O'Connor can, can show that same dazzling turn of foot again, we might have a major player going forward. You know, it's a big if, but it'll be fun to see. Yeah, it will be fun to see. You're right. Right, let's go to the last leg. It's the 11th race and allowance optional claiming mile and 16th on turf purse of 86,000 for Phillies and Mares, three-year-olds and up Ross. What do you got? Well, I watched the 11s two races and it's Shad Brown and kind of lays over them figure wise. I have no knocks against the horse. I, uh, you know, I don't really like picking eight to five shots, so I probably am not going to, <laughs> um, I'm going to try an up-and-coming horse that's off of a layoff that's uh, a big filly, uh, got bet two times, so, uh, is getting a jockey upgrade from Jane Elliott to jo- Joel Rosario. Uh, won in a hand ride last time. Uh, I think Jane might have dropped the whip. I'm not sure. She probably could have whipped, but didn't. And um, I don't know. I was pretty impressed by the race. I know the buyer came up light, but there's a layoff, and the work – the work tab is okay. Um, should be maybe able to work out a trip from in there. Walsh, I like Walsh. Walsh was our twenty to one. I don't know. This is this is a flyer. I think the eleven probably is going to win, but I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the three sign a piece. So. All right, sign a piece. Two races. One is a two-year-old. One is a three-year-old, and uh, one the three-year-old race. Not much else to say. Uh, does have to improve, but definitely has upside. Second off a layoff, Chris. What do you got? Yeah, I just I like that kind of a a little bit out there aggressive pick by Ross. Uh, that's not the one I'm picking in here, but I kind of like the way he's thinking. And and a horse has a lot of upside, so who knows? Um, like you said, Rosario and Walsh, pretty good combination. Uh, I think that. The one horse is the best horse in the race. I don't even think Chad Brown horse is the best horse in this race. I think it's the one princess theorem. A question with her is, you know, will she be ready off the layoff? She comes from the same barn um, as sign of peace. Um, and she, her best race last year was off a similar layoff. Um, she's been working steadily and with some pretty good works. Trainer does well off the layoff. So she draws the rail, has a good rider. Uh, I think there's a lot of positives in the fact that um, because the Chad Brown horse is in there, you're probably going to get five or six to one on everybody else in the race, at least. Um, she's a great play at that price. Um, maybe she needs a race, but like I said, she's been training well and she fired you know, a really good effort off the layoff last year. So. Um, I'm going to go with the one Princess Theorem. All right, Princess Theorem, my initial pick and my second pick, but I ended up going with Texas Shuffle. 
The trainer, Shug McGahee, is three for three in the money this meet. Looks like he's pointing to this meet. Um, and off of this type of layoff, he hits a 21% with a 204 ROI. Uh, the, um, the horse has, it's also coming off a layoff. Um, and ran a pretty good race. Its best race was in April at Keeneland on the lead. Didn't, you know, did get caught there, but uh, five to one morning line gets Tyler Gaffleone. And uh, he and, and McGahee have a, have a good, uh, have a, a, a 21% 335 ROI together in the last two years. And it's interesting that Gaffleone, he's he's like Brendan Walsh's. I think he's his go-to guy. I mean, he's 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 at least on one of his horses today. Um, but I note that he's not on either of those Brendan Walsh's in this race. And and I don't think that that's necessarily actionable because he's never been on the um, the owner's horse with Brendan Walsh. I you know I looked it up by owner, and he just he's just never run. He's just never been the jock, so maybe the owners, you know, just have never used him. But um, uh, but it is an interesting note that he is on the McGahey horse and not on the Brandon Walsh. Well, we got Brandon Walsh pretty much covered here, right? <laughs> Chris likes the one; I like the three, so we get both of his horses. I think your five horse. Uh, uh, I think that last miserable race will help your price a little bit, plus the layoff. So you might get six or seven to one in the horse. Yeah, really but like keep him, in but mind. Get six or seven to one. But keep in mind that miserable race was on the Churchill Downs turf, and about every horse that ran there ran a miserable race. So I would completely ignore that one. Plus, you know, the layoff says something went wrong. So you're right; it should help no, the price, sure. but I wouldn't be. When worried at all about the fact that it ran that I, I, I wasn't I wasn't saying it to be worried. I'm just saying it's going to help his price. It can't hurt his price. Yeah, I don't yeah. Think. So yeah, I kind of like Texas Shuffle too. I just think Princess Theorem's better. But um, you know, if either either one of them, if they fire off the bench, have a shot. You know, I read kind of. I wasn't really keen on the one. ones uh one style though. That's that come from the clouds type. I, you know, not that she's got to be dead, dead last, but. That the that way off the pace style from a one post is a little difficult over there on the turf, I think. But yeah, you know, and it's it's, Walsh. you know, being off, yeah, being from off, but maybe she'll be a little bit sharper off the layoff. Um, and she's got a fairly aggressive rider, and she's got the rail, so you know, hopefully that's she possible. can save ground and not fall too far back. But that's always a concern. It does seem like there's you know, pretty good amount of speed in here. You got the three horse that you like. You got the five horse that Scott likes. Both like to be near the front. The seven likes to be near the front. The eight likes to be near the front. Oh, there's a bit of so speed. It for does sure. seem, You're right. Yeah. But uh, in general, at Gulfstream, you don't want to have to come from too far behind. To win uh, from behind, you really do need to kind of have a real skimming uh, race where your rider, you know, finds a seam. And you know you get some clear run late. That's kind of. I just I worry about so. that getting trapped inside on the far turn, and then that wave comes outside, and then they get out late, and then they make that run run fourth by three quarters. But 
That's just happening yeah. enough. Hopefully there'll be enough speed where they'll stretch it out a little bit, so you won't have. So you didn't you didn't think much of the eleven? I, that last race was pretty. I know the the, the four grabbed the horse on. It was the four horse in the race grabbing on the inside, but they they beat the field a, a bunch, and that horse came back and won. I don't know. I thought this one would be pretty tough. We got a trip the eleven. Yeah, I mean the horse that beat it beat it is good, but you know it. It certainly has upside, but I mean, it's not, it doesn't lay over this field, I don't think, and it drew the 11 hole, so I'm always yeah, going to play against true. a horse like that. Yeah, I that's mean, I, I, you know, I don't, that's how I gravitate. It's, I mean, so. Yeah, I read neutralizes that, mitigates it a little bit, but man, he, he drew some tough posts in these last turf races. I mean, he got the extreme outside post in this race on the favorite. And he got the extreme outside post in the um, the ninth race with Colonel Liam. So we'll see. He's definitely the best rider, um, but he's going to have to earn his money um, in those two races. For sure. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, you know, I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out how to how to play the pick five uh, with market segmentation. You know, whether whether she should be included at all, and it's kind of interesting. Uh, you know, I, I think, and you guys let me know what you think, that he's, the horse is running in this optional claimer as opposed to a stakes race because the horse that beat her uh, in her last race went on to win a stake and then was in the American Oaks. So the question is, you know, is, is that a sign of weakness that she's in this optional claimer? Well, I mean, if, if the horse was in for a tag, then that would be up for it. I, I don't see it as a weakness. No, I don't think so. Uh, she's eligible. You know, there's only there's one it. horse up for the tag in this race. The uh, the four. The horse has got nine wins. <laughs> it's the only horse up for a tag. The four horse. The numbers don't really stack yeah, up, but got like more wins think, than the rest of the field. I think that. Um, it's not necessarily negative that she's eligible for this um, condition and it was in the book and, you know, the timing was right and everything. Uh, I don't, I wouldn't call it as a negative at all. Okay. Yeah. It's an $86,000 purse. So, you know, it's as much as some stakes races. Yeah. So, I mean, if there were, if there were a stakes race that fit her probably, and you know, that she could, that I know about that she could have run in maybe, but I don't know the condition book enough to know if there's, she passed up something more, that could have been a more aggressive spot for this. But, you know, the fact that she is only, only has a maiden win and she's eligible for the, the condition, you know, for not having to run for a tag, I, I wouldn't hold that against her. Okay, well, so, uh, but maybe we can talk about the vulnerable favorite. You know, we can talk about the favorites in the pick five. You, that's one of that's them. that's where I was going. That's where I was going. All vulnerable right, go favorites. All right, I'll let you lead the discussion then. Go well, ahead. Uh, you know, uh, you guys take turns. Ross, who do you think are who do you think are the vulnerable favorites in this sequence? Well, I, let's start right off the bat. I mean, the one and the three probably will vie for favoritism in the first leg, right? Don't you think? I think they're both vulnerable. So either one of them, I think, is vulnerable, personally. And then what do you got? So the next race, 
I mean, how are we going to do this? I haven't done the vulnerable favorite thing yet. All right, well, here, I'll, I'll leave the discussion <laughs> then. All right, so let's look at it. We've got, I'm going to go, uh, with, let's look at the ones that are going to be like odds on first, because those are the ones that are, you're going to get the most value in beating. So market segmentation, market segmentation, that's right, probably will be odds on, and and Colonel Liam are probably going to be odds on, right? They're probably going to be the two shortest favorites on the card. Would you agree with that? Yes, I would. Agree. Yeah, I would agree right. with that. And O'Connor so, probably should be in, included in that in the third favorite. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, I, I just think I think that he's not even going to be the – well, maybe he'll be the favorite. But I, I, I'm with you, Ross. I thought Skippy Longstocking and Simplification mm -hmm. were going to get take a lot of money. Um, but maybe I'm wrong in there. So let's put O'Connor in there. So those three – um, you know, how would you rate them in terms of your eagerness to bet against them in the big five? You know, who are you most eager to try to beat second? Well, most I am, I am well, like very, to beat them all, actually. <laughs> yeah, but I'm, I'm eager to beat Colonel Liam. I think that that, you know, that that's a horse that's going to get way over bet compared to his chances of winning um, from all the way out there with 123 pounds. He won't be on any of my tickets. I'm with you. That's my mo That's the one I'm most, um, in, you know, the one I'm going to really try to beat in the big five. If I had to pick one, how about you, Ross? Well, I would, then I'll make it three of us. I concur as well. All right. That's how about the one I would second? say is most vulnerable. All right. How about second most vulnerable? I would go with market segmentation as the one I would try to beat. And then O'Connor, I'm going to be leaning on him. I'm, I, he's the one I'm going to use. Um, most of my money is going to go through him. So, um, yeah, I, I suppose I'd have to say the same. Although I, I think maybe the eleven has a better chance to win. No, I don't. I don't know. I'm not, I'm up in the air on that one. I just want to watch O'Connor run. Really, I'm I'm really curious to see what he does tomorrow. How about you, Scott? Well, I mean, look, I I picked him to win, so I don't think he's a vulnerable favorite. Yeah. So. All right. Yeah, so we're kind of on. And then um, let's see. The other two favorites were kind of soft. I mean, Sibelius was the favorite in the eighth, but I think it's a soft favorite. I'm not even sure it'll be the favorite. Um, so I don't think you get a lot by beating him. He's probably vulnerable, but you don't get a lot beating him and then in that first race scottish star and bay storm let's let's pick them together the two of them as either individually they're probably not gonna be odds on but the two of them together are probably odds on um to win it in the pick five you know i i'm i'm gonna try to beat those two what about you two absolutely yeah i mean look I i'm don't gonna think one i'm gonna win i'm gonna try you know i I wouldn't be betting them. Maybe there's some chance I would use Scottish Star. I, you know, I just I don't think that they're the kind of favorites that I'm eager to like. Like I, I can't wait to bet against them. You know, they're they're they have some shot. Um, they they don't scare me. Um, I don't. Know. Yeah, of the two, I agree with you. Scottish Star, I would think is is more dangerous than Baystorm. So I would agree with you there. So if and the pick five, you know, I'm going to try to beat those two. But 
um, and I'm going to try to be Colonel Liam and market segmentation. Those are the three. You won't see those three probably on anything. All three of them on ticket. I may use, you know, like one of the three or something and back up. But, um, you know, if those three win, I lose. But I'm hoping to beat, you know, two out of those three and maybe three out of those three in the pick five. And it'll, that way I know it's going to pay, you know, and then I, if I can catch some prices, I, I could get a, a nice payday. That's how I'll play it. Right. Well, for those three win, what's it worth anyway? So, right. So, right. No sense exactly. playing that. Yeah. Right. All right. Um, one favorite I, I'm, I am going to use, and we all talked about already, but O'Connor is the one I am going to, mm -hmm. going to lean on. And like Ross said, I'm, he's the most, the horse I'm most interested in, in watching and see how he runs as well. Yeah, I can't wait. All right, did you guys have any opportunity to look at the other races, any spot plays? I didn't, as you know, I was on a plane late last night, so I didn't have much time today. Sorry. That's all right. That's um, bonus. Yeah, I'll, I, you know, I think there's several interesting races, but I'll just pick one horse out. Um, the fourth race is a mile and 16th on the turf. It's a claiming race, so they're not the great horses, but Golden Voice uh, is a horse that I think he's eight to one or she's eight to one in the morning line. I think she has a really, you know, good chance in here. Um, and I, you know, she's one of these horses that I talked about early on where maybe there's a race or two on synth that kind of muddies up their form a bit. Um, well, you know, for her, I, I'm, let me see if I can pull up her PPs. Um, her lat, she had one start locally and it was on the synth and it was a sprint. So, you know, she's definitely a turf router. So that to me was definitely a prep. And then she got claimed out of that race, I think was a sharp claim by a sharp claiming barn, Peter Walder. And I think, you know, going second off the layoff now back on the turf with her form a little muddied up, um, she definitely is good enough to win this race. She has to beat the three-horse classic lady who's kind of a legitimate favorite probably. But, you know, this is an example of where maybe you can can uh, you know, catch a horse coming off the scent to turf in what was, to me, clearly a prep. And you also get, you know, the first off-the-claim angle. Uh, a, lot, a lot of angles there at eight to one. And I think you'll get that price, Golden Voice, the seven horse in race four. Thanks. Okay, well, uh, I'd like to thank our guest, Ross Gallo. Ross, thanks for spending the time with us. Oh, thanks for having me. It's always a blast. I hope we pick some winners for them. I hope we did, especially Pau Alto. That will conclude show number 206 of the Sport of Kings pod. Good luck at Gulfstream and wherever else you play. And please enjoy the Brooklyn Boogaloo Blowout. I'll see you on Cheers. Giddy up. Happy New Year. Happy New Year.